Hi everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flops Podcast. I'm Angelique Gay, a mother and a writer who recently went through a major life transition. Each episode, I invite other creatives and change makers on to talk about their own transitions, a time in their life when they felt completely untethered and lost, which as it turns out, is completely normal and can even be life affirming. Today, we're going to England. I first discovered Sarah of Sorora Knots through Simple Things magazine. I was drawn to her calm presence, her gorgeous glow, and her beautiful sustainable plant hangers that have also been featured in magazines like Harper's Bazaar, House Beautiful, and she recently had a pop-up shop at Anthropology in Chelsea, London. I wanted to know the story behind Sorora Knots and get some successful small business tips and tricks. Enjoy. I discovered you through Simple Things magazine, and I absolutely loved the picture of you. I loved your aura. I love what you're creating. It's funny because I saw that photo and I was so inspired by you and your business that I actually put that photo on my dream board as an inspiration for myself starting my oh own my gosh. different businesses, which sounds kind of stalkery, but it, it really is just, I think what you've created is so amazing. It's in line with my values of sustainability and supporting women who have their own businesses. And oh, also, thank you so like, much. I mean, I'm know, so flattered to hear that. But it's true. And you've had success with anthropology and different magazines reaching out to you. So I just want to set the stage that you're really an example of running a successful business. And so I think a lot of people will be so interested to know how you got started, what your story is. So maybe you can give us a little bit of your background and then tell us the story of how you got started and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. And just hearing, you know, the backstory of where you found me is really special. And it shows that, you know, all of these publications reach different corners of the world and the internet. So I, I love that because we're not in the same country. And the fact that you could see my work in Simple Things magazine is really, really special. But yeah, I mean, how I got started, I was looking kind of for something to do when I graduated university a few years ago. And I've always been a really creative person. I have a background in working in floristry. And I was just looking one day at some hangers and I've always been inspired around retro interiors. And I kind of do similar thing to you of, of mood boarding. And I was moving back from university and I was looking for some things for my room and I couldn't quite find what I wanted. So I started researching um, some materials to make some some plant hangers and I, I remember I bought one roll of material and I made one for myself and then I made one for two of my friends and I just decided that I really enjoyed it so you know when I started Sora Knots I never really set out to start a business I just kind of found a craft that I loved and practiced and made lots of different things and just kind of more focused on the creative element over the actual business element. And it was just, you know, my friends and family that encouraged me to open my own online store and start, you know, testing the market. And it's been a few years now. And over the time, my style has definitely developed and my product has reached, you know, all corners of the world. But the ethos has stayed the same. You know, I've always been really interested in sustainable materials 
really high energy colors and brightness and just trying to inspire people to live a, a more colorful life is, is what I kind of aim to do. But yeah, the, the way I got started was really just following the craft. So you started with one hanger for yourself and then you, did you sell some to friends and then go to Etsy or were you on Etsy right away? Yeah. So I started, I sold, I had one for my room that I made and I had some material. So I sold two to two of my best friends. Um, And then because I just enjoyed it, I started, um, I think I opened like a Depop shop and Depop at the time was still evolving. It's definitely not what it is now. And it was, it was, people had their own stores on there selling you know, secondhand clothing. And it was more for individuals rather than businesses at the time. And then as it started to develop as a reselling platform for, um, you know, vintage clothing, and people started to really um, use it as their main channel for, for selling clothing, I felt like my products, my homeware products didn't really fit anymore. So I opened my own Etsy store. Um, it was actually a friend of mine who encouraged me to do so. She was telling me about Etsy. I, I was so clueless. I, did, I hadn't even heard of Etsy, which is kind of embarrassing to think now. But so I ended up opening an Etsy store and I experimented on there a, li- a little bit. And Etsy is incredible for finding just really unique handmade products and artisan products. But there was always something missing for me. I always felt like there it was really hard to be an individual on there. I felt like if people bought things from Etsy, they would say that they bought it from Etsy, not from an individual person or a store that they love. So um, yeah, in 2019, I actually opened up my own online store, soronarts.co.uk, and I've been selling on there ever since. How did you come up with the name? So Sorora is, so my name's Sarah, but Sorora is a nickname that my parents have actually called me when I was very, very young. And still now, I, like I'm still saved in their phone as Sorora. And it's funny because it was a name that nobody else called me, but my parents, it was a very like, you know, special name to me. And then I just thought, why don't I use it for my business? Um, I wanted something that represented me but also was an extension of me it wasn't my name and then knots just because that's the practice of macrame and you know it's, it's what I use to create my products I love that you call it macrame <laughs> yeah. here, over here we say macrame oh maybe it is I, I, no I no no don't change a thing is. I just I love your accent I could listen to you <laughs> talk all day I just think that's that's so fun how does creating your hangers help your mental health so I know last time we spoke, you mentioned that in, I think it was in 2019, you kind of had a time in your life where you were struggling and you came back to your business. So I'm just wondering how your art helps your mental health. Yeah. So in 2019, I was suffering quite badly with anxiety and, and all the physical symptoms that, and psychological symptoms that come with anxiety. And I didn't really know what was happening to me. And so at the time when I was reading around how to kind of feel better, you know, it kept coming up to use grounding techniques and find things that, you know, do things with your hands or read or draw or, you know, and I had my business and my craft that I, you know, I make my products with my hands. And it's always been a a kind of an anchor in my life for where I feel like most centered. It's where I feel that I can channel a lot of mindfulness. So I feel, feel like anybody who's looking to, to better their mental health, I really encourage you just to 
be creative with your hands it, you don't have to be necessarily good at it you know but pick up some material pick up a pencil pick up some paint brushes and do something where you're creating because I think when your mind's in a creative state it's a lot more free and it, and it's less in a worrying state you're not worrying about the outcome of, of what's going to happen you're just creating so yeah I really used use my business at the time as as not necessarily even my business just that macrame is an anchor for me to feel calm and and creating something is really where my happy place is so it helped me a lot with my my mental health at the time you said that you've always been creative so I'm wondering how were you creative when you were a kid Ooh, when I was, it's, it's really hard to remember like childhood memories, but I think I've I always loved music. I've always loved that kind of element. I've always been obsessed with girl groups and listening to music and singing. I, I remember in uni or like university, I was at, in a gospel choir. Like I loved being around music so that was a huge thing for me. Even when I make create now, I always have music in my ears. And yeah, all the things that you do as a child drawing and I still have some of my drawings actually in my house that my parents have given me that I used to draw when I was a child <laughs> um and yeah I, I guess all the yeah mainly music and drawing I guess and, and coloring in it's actually through this the lockdowns over the past few years I've I started doing more adult coloring which is actually great I recommend anyone to do that it's not just reserved for children <laughs> Yeah. At one point when we were chatting last time, you mentioned that you went on an epic trip. And I was wondering if you could tell us about your trip and what your best day was and about your friend with crystals and what you manifested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, in about three years ago now, I decided I wanted to go traveling to Southeast Asia and Central Asia. And I didn't really put a lot of thought into it, to be honest. I just wanted to go off and be independent and do something crazy. So I I went off for eight months from England and I went to my first stop was in Vietnam. And I traveled all the way up and all the way around through Thailand and Malaysia and Philippines. And I loved it so much that I kind of spontaneously decided I wanted to, to meet up with a friend in India. And I hadn't actually traveled with her a lot she was from France and and we just kind of connected and stayed in touch over the months and yeah so we spontaneously went to India for two months and I remember the almost one of the most special days I had was actually at the start of the trip and Elisa my friend she's a very spiritual person and she would carry all these crystals and and we were talking about what we wanted out of our India trip. And it was, we were just sitting on the, on the rooftop of our hostel and it was, you know, dark and the moon was out and it was a full moon, funnily enough. And she kind of said to us, you know, let's try and manifest something fun for us to do on this trip. Like, what do you want out of this trip? And I said, the only thing I want to do is I want to go to an Indian wedding. I'd heard that they were the most incredible things. They were so extravagant and they're usually five days long. And I just really wanted to experience it. But I had no idea how it was going to happen. And Elisa, I can't even remember what she wanted to do, but I think it was similar. <laughs> and yeah, she, she was like, let's close our eyes and let's manifest under the moon that what we want out of this trip. And we did it. And I was kind of, like looking at her one eye open while we were like <laughs> trying to, to do all this manifestation that like, I wasn't sure what we were doing but I 
trusted in her and then lo and behold a few weeks later we got to actually go to an Indian wedding and it happened really spontaneously and it was like a movie you know we were running around trying to find saris and and there was you know animals everywhere and fireworks and it was just yeah a beautiful beautiful day and yeah I still and wasn't it a royal wedding yeah it was one on of the top of it all princes. I know we really we must have manifested really hard but yeah it was, it was a royal wedding it was one of the princes of, of the Jaisalmer state which is a, a desert state in in Rajasthan in near the north of India and yeah it was a prince getting married and it was really interesting seeing all the cultural traditions and just being immersed in it all and they were all so welcoming you know they invited us in and we just danced until the a.m. and saw all the incredibleness that comes with being in royalty. You know, we felt like royalty. It was amazing. Wow. What was your favorite thing that you ate? Ooh, on the whole trip or just on, in India? At the wedding. Oh, at the wedding. Oh, it would have to be. We had a lot of paneer, which is like an Indian cheese. We had a lot of that. Yeah, mm. that was really, really good. But there was like a huge buffet with every single curry you could ever imagine. It was incredible. Wow. Do the colors from that day inspire you yes yeah I actually wrote about this on a blog when I came back but I was yeah I was so inspired I mean India is the home of of artisan goods and and just so many talented you know men and women who are are honing on their craftsmanship and it's just bursting with color everywhere you know you turn your heads and you're in the markets and there's glittering saris and you have the powders from all the spices and it's like an attack on the senses but it's so inspiring like all of the color that you see and it's just yeah really uplifting place to be in to, to get inspired wow and did you have a favorite beach on that trip Oh, favorite beach. I was really spoiled. I went to many, many beaches. I think, to be honest, when I was in the Philippines, it was probably the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. You know, crystal clear waters, white sand and just, yeah. And Philippines, we actually learned that they protect a lot of their waters through the government. So I think that's why their beaches are so beautiful, because they're protected under, you know, environmental clauses, which I loved. Um, So yeah, I definitely say Philippines. Why is sustainability so important to you? Oh, well, I think, to be honest, I think everyone has a serious responsibility around their environment. And I think for, for us all to essentially continue living on an earth that we love and that it will be great for generations to come we all have a responsibility to be sustainable Mm -hmm. and sustainability doesn't have to be shopping only at charity shops or thrift stores or anything it could be just investing in a few items of clothing that you love a few times a year or cutting back on your car usage and and walking more or you know that it's just small different changes I think especially with my business sustainability was really important to me because I felt a sense of responsibility to if I was going to be creating more product for people to consume or to buy I wanted it to have a, a good story behind it and for people to feel good while they have it hanging in their room as well as looking at it and it being beautiful you know sustainability for me is all about feeling good tell us how you source the materials and how you make your hangers so all of my materials I I source them through manufacturers who actually upcycle clothing so items of clothing so you know my plant hangers could have once been 
some leggings or some dresses or it really depends and I mainly work with manufacturers who just use fast fashion brands what fast fashion brands all of the clothing and materials that they tend to dispose of and yeah so I I mainly make my plant hangers out of that which means we have a really huge color range which is really fun Um, and people always compliment us on on how bright and and beautiful the color range is which I love you make everything yourself by hand right yes every single thing is handmade which I think makes it a bit more special (laughs) and nothing is dyed yeah so none of the materials are reprocessed in any way they are just checked for you know things like imperfections and that can happen in the upcycling process but yeah no extra dyes or chemicals or anything like that as a small business owner I know there's so many challenges and you've had so many successes so I was just wondering if let's pretend you're a teacher (laughs) what would you say are your biggest challenges and your biggest successes both from what you've learned from and kind of built on Mm, I think so one of my biggest challenges is having enough time I think that's a common challenge amongst many people that work for themselves but you know as a business owner you really wear many hats and spin many plates you know you you are often the accountant the customer service person the website builder the marketer the you know the PR person you really do everything which can feel really really crazy so one of the biggest challenges is 100% just having enough time to do everything and I think it's one way to combat that I would encourage people to just ask for help and don't be afraid to say hey would you help me on this or I need a hand with this or I have this upcoming project do you fancy coming on on it or helping me um so yeah definitely time another challenge is having work-life balance I find when you work for yourself you know you often anything that you put into your business you want to get out of right it's something that is benefiting you so I have definitely learned over the last year to have a bit more boundaries with stopping work and you know often I can be working and and doing random things on my business until 9 p.m at night and that's it's not really sustainable to do that so to combat that I would always say just try and practice having boundaries yeah it's you know working for yourself can be quite isolating so turn to communities other people doing similar things to you reach out to them one of the best things that I've done in the past year has actually I joined a business club called Babes and Waves and it has transformed my sense of feeling isolated working for myself because I can turn to this community of female founders who understand my struggles and who understand how difficult it can be to run your own business and do everything yourself so yeah turn to communities around you and and ask for help and support and you'll really be rewarded that way and what I would say for three of the the best things that have happened I think my business definitely doing a pop-up shop with anthropology was so incredible I got to design a store in the bustling Chelsea district in Kings Road and that was incredible and I got to meet so many customers in person which is something that I haven't been able to do and my, my shop lives online so that was incredible and I definitely want to do more things like that in the future and another incredible thing has been just like you said at the beginning just getting published in so many different brands I admire like Harper's Bazaar featured my product a few years ago which was really surreal because as a teen I would always it would be like an activity for me to go to the my local store and pick up magazines just to have my product in there has been incredible and another amazing thing I think has just been building out something from the ground up I think just as a general whole 
like building your business from the ground feels incredible and what I would say to any business owners listening is be really patient I know it can seem on social media that everyone is having all of these wins and posting all of these incredible things that are happening to you but it could happen to you as well you just have to be patient and put the work in and network and really believe in yourself and your product how do you handle rejection do you have any experience with it and and how did you get over it yeah I mean I get rejected all the time I sometimes when I'm looking for people to stock my product I will send a lot of sales pictures and I've got really comfortable with rejection because it happens a lot in the retail space so I think just don't take anything personally you know sometimes it's I'll so have to... hard though did you, it's really did you take hard. it more personally in the beginning and now you've gotten more used to it oh a hundred percent yeah once I once I got even further into the industry I understood why but I mean it, it never gets easier sometimes people will email me really keen about my product or me and then they'll just ghost me and I'll send follow-ups and then you know no reply and I think just first of all you never know what's going on in their life on the other side mm. So, you know, they could not be replying for so many different personal reasons, or they might just have a crazy amount in their inbox and they don't have time or, you know, there's so many reasons. I think it's just definitely not taking it personally. And sometimes it stings, but let it sting for like a day and then just move on to the next person. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love your social media. It has this beautiful blend of your behind the scenes, your art inspiration, your beautiful hangers. And so I'm just wondering, what are your top tips and tricks for social media? And how did you learn? Do you take YouTube classes? Do you educate yourself on it? Or is it really just you put out what you love? I I wish I could say that I have a strategy. Unfortunately, I don't. I used to just post, I feel like Instagram has changed a lot in the past few years. At the beginning, I used to just post what I wanted and that would be mood boards and what I'm inspired by and my products. And I really didn't think about it a lot. But in the past few years, I've tried to consume a bit more educational content on trying to build out some kind of strategy. But as a whole, I I genuinely just post what I feel. And I know that's not the best business advice, especially because Instagram is like a marketing platform now. But I tend to just post what brings me joy and what I feel like my customers would like to see. And that tends to be, you know, my products or the story behind my products the story behind the materials Um, I think as long as you're telling a story and creating a bit more substance to the photo I think that's enough for posting and yeah just try and stay as consistent as possible how did you write your story for your business because your writing mm -hmm. is so beautiful you have such a clear voice and I'm just wondering how did it evolve or did you come out of the gates with your story I feel like the story of my business was really the product story was really led by the materials I used I think that that is the real foundations of of where the product comes from you know the fact that all my products are handmade and we use recycled textiles that was the foundation for the product and everything around the actual business story it just kind of evolves as time goes on and every project I work on and every new product I bring out kind of makes the story evolve so you know I didn't sit down initially to write what I was going to do the story is kind of being written as I as I go along really (laughs) you can kind of gauge by now that I I, there's not much strategy to my business but I just follow whatever feels good in the moment I think is important so last time we spoke you said that 
you were doing some research and you found that someone had stole your copy. And I'm just wondering how you dealt with that, because I've heard of that from other business owners, the the concept of people kind of stealing their work. And I'm wondering how you dealt with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really unfortunate. I, I, I came across this by chance. So as I mentioned earlier, I do a few sales pitches to stockists and I only really reach out to people and businesses that I genuinely love and am invested in and love their story and whatever they else, whatever they also stock. So before I reach out to them, I always do a bit of research. And one of the things that I check for is whether they sell something similar to my product. And that doesn't stop me from reaching out to them. It just kind of informs my decision on, on how I reach out to them if they sell something similar. So anyway, I saw this business that I love. I followed them for a long time and and I went onto their website to, to do some research. Lo and behold, they stocked something similar to me. And I went onto the, the other stockist website and I noticed that they had weirdly stolen all of the copy from my website and put it onto theirs, including their FAQ page, their product descriptions. And that really hit me hard because I felt, first of all, I didn't even know I was going to see that. So I felt really shocked. And also it's a, a risk to my business if you're putting similar copy onto your website, because if people are searching those keywords, they could go to your website instead of mine. So at the moment it felt really awful and then I sat with it and I thought actually you know this person is not building their own story they are just taking whatever is of mine and I just have to one-up them in a sense and you know rewrite my copy even better (laughs) and um, they can have my old copy but I think to anyone that has anything similar like that unfortunately in the creative industry it happens a lot people steal ideas and product ideas words and it can feel really awful in the moment. But if you are the originator, I would just say don't pay any mind to what other people are doing if they're taking your work. They clearly are, they're not taking their inspirations from where they should be. I think for me, I get my inspirations from all over. It's not necessarily from other people that sell similar things to me. So yeah, if it happens to anyone else listening, just don't, I know it can feel really awful, but it sometimes is part and parcel of the industry. And if it is direct copy, 100% reach out to them and express that you know what they're doing and that it's it's not okay. If you don't want to do that, I would say just carry on what you're doing and focus on yourself and your own products. That's so awful that that happened. <laughs> but at the same time, it's there's something flattering about it because it, it means you did a good job. So mm. that's kind of the silver lining, but then you kind of have to start from scratch, which is can be demoralizing. But like you said, you move on and, and you recreate. Mm. When we spoke last time, you said that you were redesigning your logo and mm. you're working with a designer to create a new logo. So I wanted to know, just because I'm also a member of some networking groups and I've heard that some graphic designers are really threatened by apps like Canva because it's, you know, it's making anyone a graphic designer. But at the same time, I don't think just because you have access to Canva, it makes you a graphic designer. I think it can help with posts to make them more attractive and I think there's a place for it but I think you know if you are looking for a really good design I think they still have a place and I'm just wondering what made you reach out to a designer and what you're looking for in your new logo and and when can we see it yeah I can really sympathize with with other like graphic designers with with apps like Canva I mean for me Canva just provides people with accessibility and with design services I think it's an incredible app for people to make their own designs and experiment say if they don't 
have the budget, if they're early on in their business journey, I think it's an incredible tool. And for me, I'm, you know, I'm approaching a graphic designer five years into my business journey where I feel like it's something that I really want to do. I would suggest other people to do it if you want to invest in yourself and your business and make it better and you only can do that by turning to other experts in your field and it kind of goes that's a really good point that yeah that canva and those apps can kind of help you get started it just kind of helps you get over that hurdle of I don't really have budget right now so I'll start by doing it myself and then once it evolves then I can really start investing in my business and hiring other professionals to help me that's a really good point yeah 100% and it it lends to to thinking about you can't do everything yourself and Mm. and you don't have all the ideas ideas in the world you know as much as I can go into Canva and probably create my own logo I'm sure it'd be great but having a professional who has experience in the industry who knows what works who knows all the technical stuff about logos you know a logo could look great but maybe it doesn't actually translate well in a smaller size and all the technicalities of it which is something that the expert will know about so yeah I'd say go for Canva if you're just starting your business journey and then once you have feel like you have enough budget to invest in your business because you want to grow 100% go for the expert I think each yeah each one has its space for sure and when can we see your new logo oh I did in the design phases you can't rush the creativity um I I can just say summertime maybe (laughs) okay and and how how are you working with her did you put a an inspiration board together did she ask you a series of questions did you I'm I'm just so intrigued by Mm. the process of working with a designer yeah so funnily enough she was actually one of my customers and I I believe I, I can't even actually remember exactly how we found each other but she had her own business selling homeware things and then she became one of my customers and bought one of my things and then I realized she was a graphic designer by day because I feel like so many people have side hustles these days which is amazing Mm -hmm. and I love that and I just reached out to her so we already had had a rapport and yeah we initially just put together a few mood boards of colors I love and I think I mentioned at the start I'm really I was really inspired by retro interiors so I just collated a lot of images to give her inspiration and I actually loved her process she asked me to to do a, a lifelong inspirations mood board so I oh put, wow like, I put really random things on there I put like the Spice Girls on there um, <laughs> I put like tree you know pictures of trees and leaves and and women that weave baskets in Kenya and just like I think it just gives you a rounded perspective on the person as well as what they have a vision for their business um so yeah if if you if anyone out there is looking to hire a graphic designer 100% go for one that is invested in you as a person as well as your business and that's going to really give you a rounded vision of what you both can create together I love that I hope you'll do a little video of kind of behind the scenes of your inspiration and then your logo I I personally I would love to see that yeah that's a good idea (laughs) so you used to work at a flower shop didn't you Mm, yes so what would you say since you do make holders for plants what would you say are the three best plants to put in your holders that thrive well in a house if you don't have a green thumb okay so I would definitely say go for something that is maybe a bit trailing Um, because if you think about a plant hanger it tends to be above you so you want to be able to see your plant so I would always say go for um, a pothos which they are notoriously hardy they're really easy to look after 
Um, and even when they wilt, they will come back to life with a bit of watering. So I definitely recommend a pothos for people that love plants, but find them hard to look after. I'd also recommend a spider plant. They're super easy to look after and they tend to propagate really well. And they also work in so many different houses with different light conditions. So I absolutely recommend them for everyone. And the last one, I'm going to go for another trailing one, which is a trailing ivy. Again, they're super easy to look after and they tend to survive in different light conditions as well. And they don't need too much attention, which I think is really important when you have a plant which is above you, which you might tend to forget is there. (laughs) (laughs) What is next for you in your business? I have many, many, many ideas. I think sometimes it's hard to execute every single one. But for me, I think I just really want to continue to get my products stocked in different retailers. That's a huge thing for me. Expanding the brand awareness, getting my products out there more on the high street, I think my products is a really tactile thing so people want to touch it and feel the materials and hear about the story so I really want to get stocked in in more places and also kind of develop more product ranges I have some ideas that are going to be a secret for now but I yeah I'm always thinking up new things and dreaming about where I can take Swore Knots. You had said that you also want to potentially do some groups with other people where you kind of bring people together to learn more. Did you want to share? Yeah, I mean, this is far, far into the future, but I mean, it's a huge dream (laughs) dream of mine to, you know, one day do events and, and bring people in that have a different kind of focus on plants, plant workshops, terrarium workshops, macrame workshops anything around bringing plant lovers together I think can be a really positive space so yeah in the future I would love to do events and make it a really energetic space where people can have fun but also learn something new I think that's always really important for a good event that sounds so great so how do we find you is there anything else you want people to know about your business or yourself so my handle on instagram is at sarora which is s-a-r-o-r-a underscore knots which is k-n-o-t-s and you can find all our products kind of listed there and all the pictures around our recent pop-up shop at anthropology and you can actually shop our plant hangers we have worldwide shipping at sororanots.co.uk and yeah there'll be a new range coming out in the spring I'm going to be doing loads of really fun bright colors so definitely keep a lookout for that and what is something that I'm working on upcoming I genuinely cannot say but it might be the biggest one of the biggest things that has happened in my business career it has to be a secret for now but yeah it is I'm going to be working with a business in my industry that I really admire And that is very established and notable. So I'm really excited. So keep a lookout. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you'll see then in a few months. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We will be watching. I'm so excited for you. I have shivers. She is so lovely. This chat reminded me that when we buy a product from a business, we do it not only because we love the product, but because we want to feel good about who we're supporting and why. In Sarah's case, I love that her art, her eco hangers, her drawings and her pots are really an extension of who she is and how she expresses her inspiration and creativity and that by making the hangers, they ground her and help keep her mentally healthy. Art saves and sustains us. I love that she has translated all of that into something that's also good for the planet. 
This chat and all of her tips and tricks were a great reminder for small business owners to share that behind the scenes stories and let people in to see who they are supporting and why. You can find Sarah and her eco planters on Instagram at Sarora underscore knots. That's S-A-R-O-R-A underscore K-N-O-T-S. I highly recommend you check out her very colorful and beautiful Instagram. If you enjoyed our chat, please share this episode with your friends and on social media or send me a note. I love when you do that. Talk soon.